are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you had a great 4th of July. We're going to talk about the 4th of July holiday. We're going to talk about hot dog eating. We're going to talk about charity season of The Bachelorette. I've got some statistics for you that I didn't know until I looked them up yesterday. A little bit more about Twitter. And I watched a little bit of Celebrity Jeopardy last night. And again... I've got some thoughts. And also Wheel of Fortune, too. I watched both of them. We'll get to that momentarily. Let's start off first in Bachelorette World, since I know you love me talking about this. But this is something that, when I was thinking about it, you know, this whole thing about New Orleans (laughs) in three episodes, episode five of Charity Season. And I reported that there were three one-on-one dates and a three-person group date coming up in New Orleans. And I was like, you know what? I haven't even looked in the past how it has worked out for The Bachelorette in the episode before Hometowns. I know at some point we've had to have had three one-on-ones and a group date, but I just wanted to look back in the past. So I Wikipedia'd the last few seasons. And I think we can all agree that, um, because this is the 20th season of The Bachelorette, that season 16, 17, 18, and 19 were all not normal season. 16, 17, and 18 were all done during the pandemic. So the Bachelorette never went to the hometowns of her four remaining men. And then last season, we had the wonky two Bachelorette season where that thing you weren't going to have with two women, you know, eight one-on-ones and or six one-on-ones and a, and a three-person group date for each woman. So I think we can agree the last four seasons of the Bachelorette were not normal. Three of them didn't even have hometown dates where the lead traveled to the contestants' hometown dates. But if you look at the four seasons before that, all four seasons, the episode before hometowns, The Bachelorette had six men left. She went on three one-on-ones and had a three-person group date. Hannah Brown, and let's just go over them, had three one-on-ones with Jed, Tyler, and Mike Johnson, sent Mike Johnson home on his date, had a group date with Pilot Pete, Luke, Pell, and Garrett. Cat member ended up keeping Pilot Pete and Luke Pell because she had, uh, you know, those those were the four uh, hometowns that she got. Jen Tyler got roses on their one-on-ones. Before that, Becca, she had three one-on-one dates. Colton, Garrett, and Blake, all three of them, got roses on their dates. Her group date was with Wills, Jason, and Leo. She obviously gave... The rose to Leo, uh, to Leo, <laughs> to Jason. Uh, before that, Rachel, she had one-on-ones with Brian, Dean, and Peter. All of them got roses on their date. The group date was Matt, Adam Gottschalk, who is now married to Raven, and Eric Bigger. She obviously gave the rose to Eric Bigger. And the season before that was JoJo, Alex, remember him, Jordan, and Luke Pell got the three one-on-one dates. And Alex didn't get a rose on his. So the group date was Chase, Robbie, and James Taylor. And thank God she didn't give it to James Taylor. Chase and Robbie got roses. So, again, this is just sharing more about, because I knew it had happened, but I didn't know the statistics. So, basically, this is the norm for the show, to have three one-on-ones and a three-person group date in the episode before Hometowns. And the statistics prove it out. So, again... There isn't much I can share with you. I wish I could. It'd be so much easier for you to uh, take me at face value and believe what I'm telling you when I say there's three one-on-ones and a group date in New Orleans. 
But again, if you're if you don't think there is, then my question is, then what is it? What is the breakdown of dates in New Orleans if it's not the three one-on-ones and the group date? And you can't answer that with any sort of factual evidence. At least I have some sort of proof and evidence in my possession of why there's three one-on-ones and a three-person group date. So that's why I've been so adamant about this. And, you know, look, I'm going to be proven right in three episodes. So um, it's just something that when you look at it, I'm just kind of shaking my head as to why do people believe this is so hard to believe? This is what the show does. This is what they did four straight seasons before we've had four wonky seasons in a row where they didn't even travel to the guys' hometowns. So, again, I don't know what so – I just don't understand. And I wanted to look at the statistics because I was like, I know it's happened. And – There, I just read you um, all of those. Now, as a couple of you wrote to me yesterday after uh, listening to what I wrote in my column and listened to the podcast, you said they didn't show any of it in the preview, but they showed every other one-on-one date. That's true. My answer, again, the same answer that I gave you for, uh, for why Charity said what she said at the New Orleans conference. And in three episodes, when we do find out that there were three one-on-ones and a group date in New Orleans, I'm just going to take you back to, see, I told you, she just she just misspoke. I mean, it wasn't like, again, she wasn't being misleading. She wasn't being malicious. She just said the wrong thing. They asked her, hey, so you filmed an episode of your season in New Orleans here, you know, a month ago or, you know, a couple months ago. How'd that go for you? Oh, we had two one-on-one dates and a group date. Like, I I think she just misspoke. Just There's no other way. I can't give you an answer as to why she answered the way she did. All I can tell you is I know what I have, and I know the information that I have, and this will see that in three weeks. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there, that this isn't foreign whatsoever, and in fact, it's the norm of the show to do that in the episode before Hometowns. Now, let's get to talking a little bit about July 4th. Yesterday was a really weird day because, as you know, on the 4th of July, one of my biggest things has been the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Championship. So I get up right when it starts, or I go to the TV at uh, 11 o'clock Central Time, and I see at the bottom of the screen on ESPN2, it says they're in a lightning delay. But they had already filmed and they already shown the women. The women's one was already on ESPN Plus earlier in the morning, the women's championship. So then they were going to do the men. And the first half hour, I mean, I watch this thing every year. It's like clockwork. The first half hour of the show is just an introduction and video packages of the people that would be competing. The next 15 minutes is basically the host of the show, George Shea, introducing all the eaters and then the 10-minute competition and basically five minutes on the back end. But we see that there's a lightning delay going on. And I'm like, well, that sucks. But unless they plan on having a lightning delay and lightning's going to be in the area for 12 hours straight, aren't they just going to wait this thing out? Because when there is lightning delay in the area, eventually it moves through and it's just overcast and rain. Or sometimes it just moves through and the sun comes out. 
But then there was a tweet that was circulating that they had canceled it, which was, I was like, this seems weird. But I tweeted it out because I saw it on Twitter that there were actual legit Twitter accounts that were saying this has been canceled. Well, then all of a sudden it wasn't canceled and they started with the competition. And, you know, we talked about Joey Chestnut and how awesome he is. And he won again, didn't eat as many hot dogs. This is might have been one of his lowest totals in a while. But 63, he still ended up winning by, I believe, uh, second place uh, was 49 or something like that. I mean, they still weren't close to him. And after one minute, he had eaten 10. And usually that's the pace that he's on. And then he kind of slows down. But he was really never challenged. He won the 16th title. His eighth in a row, 16 of the last 17 years. But something that I saw on Twitter yesterday, which was fascinating, is remember I was talking about the fact that there is a professional eating league. There's way more things that these guys compete in that they can hold world records in. The only thing we ever see once a year, and the only thing that's really televised, is the hot dog eating championship. There is so many things that Joey Chestnut holds the world record in for eating. I mean, it might take me another 10 minutes to go over everything, but just looking at some of these, most chicken wings in 30 minutes, obviously most hot dogs, most pulled pork sandwiches, most tacos from Taco Bell, 53 in 10 minutes, soft tacos, hamburgers, 103 crystal burgers in eight minutes, meat pies, eggs, asparagus, pork ribs, corned beef sandwiches. I don't want to go over every single how many he's eaten in and what the time limit on it was. I'm just going to list the food that he has the world record in right now. All those that I just said. Apple pie, Philly cheesesteaks, funnel cake, fish tacos, tacos, traditional three-inch tortilla ones, mutton sandwiches, jalapeno poppers, pepperoni rolls, shrimp wontons, pulled pork, horseshoe sandwiches, pulled pork sliders, San Pedro fish market shrimp, canteen sandwiches, heroes, pork roll sandwiches, burritos, Twinkies, boysenberry pie. Are you sick yet? Because I am. Tamales, pastrami, gumbo, ice cream sandwiches, grilled cheese sandwiches, poutine, shrimp cocktail, hostess donuts, salt potatoes, a whole turkey, pierogi sandwiches, white hot white hut cheeseburgers, cheeseburgers, pizza hut pizzones, kolache factory kolaches, brain tacos, croquetas, Pepperoni rolls, canteen sandwiches, two-foot pizza slice, carnitas tacos, H-E-B, true Texas beef, brisket, barbecue sandwiches, waffles, ego style, ramen noodles, and cherry pie. <laughs> and some of these, I mean, I don't even want to go over some of the amounts that he's eaten of these and what his record is. Grilled cheese sandwiches, 47 grilled cheese and sandwiches in 10 minutes. <laughs> He said that in June 10th of 2006. I mean, who thinks to eat boysenberry pie for a world record? A 14 and a half pounds of boysenberry pie from Knott's Berry Farm he ate in eight minutes and set the world record in, in 2016. I mean, this isn't norm. This isn't human. If aliens came down from Earth on July 4th every year or... The first time they came down to Earth happened to be on a July 4th and they landed in Coney Island. They would think that we are also aliens as well, because this isn't normal what's happening in Coney Island once a year. And it's not normal what's happening at these professional eating leagues. 
I don't even know, and I know it's not real eating. They're not sitting there and enjoying a 14-and-a-half-pound boysenberry pie. It's just they have a way to open up their esophagus and enlarge their stomach, and it just slides down there. They're not really eating it because it'd be impossible. The amount of calories that he ate just in 63 hot dogs was something so ridiculous. And then you look at his body, and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. How do you eat that many calories and you look fit? It just it, it doesn't make any sense, and I don't even really want to know. Some of you even commented yesterday, like, how can you even watch this? I get sick watching it. I don't say I get sick watching it. It does make my stomach turn a little bit, but I'm just sitting there in awe. In awe. I'm glad they don't televise the other stuff. I'm glad we don't need to see Joey Chestnut knock down 118 jalapeno poppers in 10 minutes. I'm glad we don't see him eat, I don't know, Long-form burritos, 14 and a half pounds from Illegal Pete's Burritos in 10 minutes. 121 Twinkies in 6 minutes. 121 Twinkies in 6 minutes? What? I eat a two-pack of Twinkies, and I feel stuffed. And he eats 121 of them in 6 minutes. Anyway, Joey Chestnut might be the greatest human living today. That's all I got to say about that. So I found a little bit of a solution to the Twitter problem that's going on, where your rate limit is exceeded, and if I get that on my screen, not only can I not see new tweets that are coming, if I click on somebody's profile, I can't even read any tweet that they've ever posted. It's so bizarre. It's driving me up a wall to the point where I said, fuck it. Let me just pay the $8. Let me get verified. And it took 24 hours. I paid the 8 bucks. I'm going to do it monthly. Tomorrow, the themes, the, the themes app on Instagram will be downloaded to my phone and a lot of people's phone. I'm very curious to see how that works if people start migrating over to the themes app. But for 8 bucks, I, I just I don't want the headache. It was fine. I, I can deal with losing $8 a month to have that. And if themes on Instagram becomes a bigger thing than Twitter and everyone starts migrating over there, then I'll just bone out of Twitter and I'm done. But I'm sorry. It was driving me bonkers because it's not like I need Twitter to read people's responses to anything. I use Twitter for my news. And I'm yes, I'm very well aware that there is fake news out there, but you look at my follows, I, I know the people I follow aren't posting fake news. I don't follow 5,000 accounts. On Twitter, how many follows do I have? I have I have 326,000 followers. I follow 116, so it's very I'm very specific. And those are the 116 that, you know, my, some of them don't even tweet very much or whatever, but I feel like I am up to date on all my sports news and any sort of entertainment news just by following those accounts. Could I follow a few more? Sure. But I feel like those are enough. I don't want to get, I, I don't understand the people that follow 5,000 things or 10,000 things on Twitter. Your feed must just be nonstop. You'll you'll miss so many stories following that many people. I don't even know how you do it. But following only 116, it's where I get all my news. And yeah, the first thing that I do when I wake up, I look at my phone and I look at the news. I don't go on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC because that's like world news stuff. I just need to know entertainment news and sports news. 
That's what I follow right away. That's the first thing I need my information on. If there is something major breaking in world news, I'm going to hear about it within, I don't know, a minute or two of it going on a major site. Like, even though most of the people I follow are in entertainment or reality TV or sports on Twitter, I'm going to find out about the real news shortly after it breaks. So I was just like, screw it. I'm paying the eight bucks and I haven't had an issue since. I haven't had the rate limit exceeded whatsoever. I can see everybody's tweets whenever I want. And that's good enough for me. If it costs me eight bucks, so be it. $96 a year. If I happen to do it for a year, so be it. That's a, that's well, (laughs) that is, I, I, I will take a $96 investment because the headache that I had over the last few days with that rate limit exceeded bullshit, not worth it. So now, good to go. Thank you, Elon. And finally, last night, I was watching Celebrity Jeopardy. And I guess we are close to the finals of Celebrity Jeopardy. There were two guys already in the finals, Will Wheaton and Ike Barinholtz, those actors. And so this was the last of the matches to see who goes to the finals and joins them in the finals. And it was Patton Oswalt comedian. We had Brendan Hunt who is in Ted Lasso and then Michael Sarah, the actor and Patton Oswalt ended up winning because of a bonehead move by Brendan Hunt in the final jeopardy question. Brendan Hunt and Michael Sarah ended up missing the final jeopardy question. Patton Oswalt got it right, but he was, more than double behind Brendan Hunt, who led going into the finals. And Brendan Hunt admitted afterwards, he's like, I totally screwed up. I realized after I placed my money uh, my money bet, I realized, wait a second, if I miss and Michael misses and Patton gets it right, I'm going to lose. And it's exactly what happened. Patton Oswalt was literally $15,000 behind Brandon Hunt in the finals and somehow won the game because he got it right. And Brandon Hunt and Michael Sarah both got it wrong, but What's his fate? Brendan Hunt risked way more than he should have. More than the uh, – because Patton Oswalt bet all of it. He was like at 10700 something like that. And he bet 10700 He got the question right, so he went to like twenty-one five or something like that. And Brendan Hunt had 25000 going into the finals. So, But I guess he had to play hoping uh, – he had to play it, whereas if Michael Sarah got it right – and Brendan Hunt got it wrong, um, or if him and Michael Sarah both got it right, and Michael Sarah bet everything, he had to bet enough to cover. So he screwed up. But now it's a now it's a three person final. However, I can't say I've ever really watched Celebrity Jeopardy. I watch Jeopardy a lot, especially sometimes the Tournament of Champions and the College one. I usually watch that. I don't think I've ever watched the Celebrity one, but holy shit, those questions are easy. Like. And I get it. They're not trying. The you know these are actors. These aren't people that literally study the books on Jeopardy and have watched it for years. And maybe they have. Maybe they're fans of the show. But my God, they had a category called Golden State Warriors. So I knew it was obviously it was about the Golden State Warriors basketball team. And all five questions, literally, my nephew would have gotten all five. And I've already told you about my nephew. He didn't even watch NBA games from start to finish. But it was literally like the first question was a picture 
of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. And the question was about like, these two are two of the best shooters in the NBA known as the Splash Brothers. One of them is Clay Thompson. Who is the other? Like, seriously? Identifying who Steph Curry is? You'd be like, Steve, well, yeah, you like sports and you watch sports. I, yeah, but I'm sorry, but this is this is on a level of easy that I, I didn't even know existed when it came to Jeopardy. A picture of Steph Curry? I mean, maybe you could have a clue where it's like, this guy once hit 400 and whatever three-pointers in one season, setting an all-time NBA record with no picture and no mention of the team. That would be a harder question to answer Steph Curry than, here's a picture of him. I mean, he's pretty well-known, looks-wise. We all kind of know what he looks like. I mean, every question. It, the set, you know, the, One of the other questions was just a picture of Kevin Durant, and it was just like, the question, paraphrasing here, was this is what this guy, you know, he once is a multi-time all-star that joined the Golden State Warriors in 2016. Really? I mean, come on. That was embarrassing. But some of the other categories, I'm not good on the regular Jeopardy. I'll know, like, unless it's a sports category or maybe an entertainment category, I'll know maybe less than five I'll know the answers to maybe less than five questions and what do they have they have six categories and five questions in each category so there's 30 questions in each round I know maybe the answers to five of them when I'm watching regular Jeopardy they're just you know western literature and shit like that like come on I don't know any of this stuff I literally answered I believe at least 20 of the questions in both rounds in Celebrity Jeopardy last night. Well, there were actually three rounds. They did triple Jeopardy. I'd say 15 to 20 in each round. And I was answering these questions within the first, reading the first two sentences of the clue when it's shown. Clearly before my Mbialik was done reading the answer, was I already giving out the question to it. And no, when I'm sitting at home, I don't yell out. I'm, I'm curious, those that watch Jeopardy, when you watch at home and you yell out the answers, do you use it in the form of a question? Because I don't. Fuck that. I'm sitting at home by myself. I don't need to yell out who is, what is. No. Just say the answer. The whole point is just to get the answer right. I'm not on the show. I don't need to say <laughs> who is Steph Curry, you know? Anyway, I just thought, wow. If I ever got big enough to the point where I could go on Celebrity Jeopardy, I might win that damn thing because, God, that was easy. Even when they did, like, geography, which I'm not great at, I was like, these clues are so basic. I, I, I'm, I was stunned at how easy Celebrity Jeopardy is. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. Subscribe. The, the same thing as follow. Just go to my podcast, the Reality Steve podcast. Hit follow. That's the same as subscribing. The Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. Reader emails is back. That'll be up in a couple hours from now on the website at realitysteve.com. So thank you all for listening again. I really appreciate it. Don't forget, tonight, Temptation Island and the Big D back-to-back Wednesday nights on USA Network. Check that out. Thank you all for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you!